Rethinking Heroes. Next, Rethinking Heroes. How the VA is helping with Alzheimer's. Plus, you thought journalism was dead? (laughs) Oh, no. We're going to tell you where it still exists, where to find it, and how you're going to be getting a whole lot more of it. No more scratching your head going, but how am I supposed to find out? Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. With over 700 military veteran journalists worldwide, it's your Rethinking Heroes Flash Briefing. Stories from the front. Carrie Harrison with your Rethinking Heroes Flash Briefing, an update on national defense news and stories affecting service members, veterans, and the rest of us. Following a rare court-martial of a general officer, the Air Force will retire a two-star general convicted of sexual contact. Well, not sexual contact as a colonel. That part, being a colonel, is not considered sexual contact, unless, of course, it's the pillaging at the end of the war, but just for having contact while being a colonel. This is William Cooley, commander of the Air Force Research Laboratory at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio, when he was found guilty of forcibly kissing his sister-in-law. Over a five-day trial in April of 2022, prosecutors showed that Cooley assaulted the woman as she gave him a ride to his parents' house after a family barbecue. A military judge sentenced Cooley to a reprimand and fined him some 55 grand. Commander Cooley's trial was the first in the Air Force for a general officer, and he is now the highest-ranking officer to be convicted of sexual misconduct. The decision to retire Cooley as a colonel fell to Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall, and it's going to cost the 57-year-old tens of thousands of dollars in retirement pay and benefits over the rest of his life. Over in the Army, the service renamed its largest post as part of a continuing effort to remove all names that pay homage to Confederate generals. For more on that, we go to Rethinking Heroes' Rose Thayer. Thank you, Carrie. From Austin, Texas, this is Rose Thayer reporting for Rethinking Heroes. Three years ago, Congress mandated that the military remove all honors to Confederate war generals from its bases and property. Most notably, nine Army posts needed to be renamed. The Army recently held a ceremony to rename its largest installation, Fort Bragg, in North Carolina. It is now known as Fort Liberty. While the other eight bases received names to honor veterans known for exceptional service, Fort Liberty did not. A town hall to discuss the name change. uh, During that town hall, a Gold Star mother told leaders that her son died for liberty and the name stuck. Proponents of the name changes say the multi-million dollar effort will make the military more welcoming to black service members during a time when every branch in the military is struggling to make its recruiting goals. At another base that has now changed its name uh, from Fort Benning in Georgia to Fort Moore, the Army Ranger community is up in arms over a decision to remove multiple names linked to the Confederacy from the former Fort Benning Ranger Memorial. A military report found there are four men on the the memorial who fought for the Confederate Army and should therefore be removed. Stars and Stripes reported that the foundation that supports the memorial is deeply troubled about removing three of those four names. One of the three men, John S. Mosby, earned the nickname the Gray Ghost because of his daring raids on Northern forces. However, after the war, he reconciled with the U.S., the North, and went on to become an assistant attorney general under President Ulysses S. Grant. Carrie, it's just one example of the complications that come with rebranding this painful chapter in American history. 
Yes, Rose. Well, now let's turn to the Army's continued efforts to increase the number of young people who are eligible to serve. Last year, the Army began offering prep courses to help people who want to join, but may not be in the best shape or have the right knowledge or maybe any knowledge, turns out. Hopeful candidates could sign up for a training program to either help them improve their academic test scores or improve their physical fitness. Once students meet the Army's standards, they can then move straight on to boot camp. Now the Army is offering a program that allows people to work on both their education and their physical fitness at the same time. Sergeant Major of the Army Michael Grinston said this is a positive step in expanding access to the Army to more people, or you could say handling two deal-breaking problems in one move to increase successful enrollment. The Pentagon says that fewer than 25% of people between the ages of 17 and 24 can meet the academic and physical requirements to serve in the military. Obesity is one of the biggest challenges, with one in five people under 24 being obese, which is often accompanied by chronic disease. Roughly 8,500 people have attended the Army's prep courses. From that, about 6,000 have moved on to attend basic training. Of course, All of this is to boost recruitment, which during the time of increasing international conflict has been lagging for more than a year. Rose Thayer, you have a new update about the military's decision on where to house Space Command. Yes, I do, Carrie. And before we start, I want to clarify that I'm not talking about Space Force, which is the military service branch created under President Donald Trump. This is is Space, Space Command which is a joint military headquarters that works with U.S. allies and partners on security issues in space. This means they protect assets such as satellites that provide weather updates and global communication. So before Trump created the Space Force, he reorganized Space Command and began a process to choose what state it would operate in. In his final days in office, he announced the command would go to Alabama, Colorado, where Space Command has temporarily set up shop, fought back. Senators from the state have repeatedly asked the Defense Department and Joe Biden to reconsider. Well, now Ohio is trying to get back in the game. Politicians from the Buckeye State wrote a letter to President Biden saying, pick me. They, they pointed to a number of space-related resources that already exist in the state. And frankly, Colorado and Alabama can make the same arguments. At stake for each of the states is hundreds of civilian jobs, construction dollars, and the ongoing economic lift that comes from military operations in your community. All the while, military officials working at the command would just like to establish their headquarters somewhere permanently. As tension escalates with China and the war in Ukraine continues, it is important to have operations stable and ready for whatever the future holds. For Rethinking Heroes, I'm Rose Thayer. Back to you, Carrie. And special thanks to military reporter Rose Thayer for assembling your Rethinking Heroes flash briefing from Los Angeles and beyond. I'm Carrie Harrison. Don't forget to subscribe and like Rethinking Heroes wherever you get your podcasts and follow us all across social media simply by looking for Rethinking Heroes. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com. 
Carrie Harrison here with an exciting radio gift benefit just for you. Rethinking Heroes has found one more way to help not only vets, but people like you. This is radio giving back for all the time you've spent with us. Rethinking Heroes has found an angel partner who's created a downloadable, fee-free discount pharmacy card to give you up to 90% off many of your meds. It's pegged to government-listed prices, so my $250 Lipitor was only $13. Unlike GoodRx, this bypasses the middleman. It's our Rethinking Heroes Capital RX thank you card with no fees ever, no credit cards, no expiration dates, no cookies, no tracking. Perfect for the modern listener like you dealing with a busted medical system. So accept this thank you gift and download your fee-free cards now at RethinkingHeroes.com. RethinkingHeroes.com. That's RethinkingHeroes.com. By the way, if this isn't a good reason to love this radio station, show me a better one. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com. And it is just a few minutes past the top of the hour. Carrie Harrison with you, your new best friend. Just a quick shout out to KPFK. This is our time where we thank you for having given so much so freely to all of us to make sure that our signal, that our news, that our information, which is generally not available anywhere in the United States anymore, we have learned on the strongest FM radio station west of the Mississippi that we continue to do so. So we're definitely looking for your support. And I'll be uh, talking about that just a little bit here and there, make it easier for you to continue to help support public radio and get the kind of content that you love. Well, cool history note. Let me tell you about a German psychiatrist named Dr. Alois Alzheimer. Yep, the second part of the name is the one that rings the bell. He's the guy who discovered Alzheimer's disease back in 1906 after studying the brain of a 51-year-old woman whose intelligence had been gradually declining during the years leading up to her death. Of course, it was a big mystery back then, but he decided to follow, track, chart, and learn to understand this. Dr. Alzheimer observed previously unknown abnormalities like amyloid plaques and neurofibrillary tangles. Say that 10 times. And we're going to get into what these are in a moment with our next top-level guest who's changing the game for the veteran population, just for starters. And what has been discovered and what's going to help them is always going to help the general population later. Current thinking suggests that both genetic and environmental variables have a role in Alzheimer's, like age or family history, uh, lifestyle variables like smoking and obesity, obesity we were talking about just earlier, with kids Kids that you can't even get placed into the military because of obesity. This certainly wasn't the case during World War II, World War I, any war in any of American history. A brand new disease also equally needed to be combated um, with extraordinary sufficiency. We just hear today that India is now suffering one in six people are obese, and they're uh, attributing that to COVID. People now ordering in and sitting around, and they never have to go outside, just like all of us in L.A., who are not quite fully obese because we have narcissism. But let's hope that doesn't spread either. Back to Alzheimer's, back to what's really interesting here. Alzheimer's, the increase of likelihood of developing it does come from many lifestyle choices. We're gonna get into what some of those look like later. My own stepfather suffered from it a few years ago, back in the 1940s. He was an early secret agent during World War II, not abroad, but in Chicago, looking for communists of all things. His branch later evolved into the CIA, which became mandated to only operate on foreign soil, 
which is what it's supposed to do now. And though he was a voracious reader, his mind was sharp. The, preval the prevalence of Alzheimer's has become so enormous that it's now predicted to skyrocket even more quickly in years to come. The population as a whole, it's getting older, and therefore the likelihood of getting Alzheimer's goes up exponentially. It's now estimated that around 7 million people 65 and older are living with Alzheimer's dementia in the United States, a progressive disease that involves the deterioration of nerve cells in the brain, which in turn affects thoughts and memory and language. The Department of Veterans Affairs is committed to providing care and support to veterans. This is great news for so many people and support to their caregivers that are impacted by Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. In recognition of Alzheimer's Awareness Month, Dr. Catherine Kelso, Deputy Executive Director of the VA Office of Geriatrics and Extended Care of the Veterans Health Administration, joins us to discuss how the VA is paving the way for research and treatment. Mm -hmm. Dr. Catherine Kelso, I want to welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. We are glad you are here and a voice of reason in all of this <laughs> impossible to understand language. But thankfully, you do. You're a doctor. We're not. Uh, Catherine Kelso, also, uh, Alzheimer's is one of the most common forms of dementia. It accounts for 60 to 80 percent of all diagnosed cases of dementia. Mm -hmm. Millions of U.S. veterans, all of whom are aging, along with the general population. Do we yet have an understanding of causes and treatments for Alzheimer's? Yes, at the VA, we are committed to serve our veterans that are uh, impacted by Alzheimer's and related dementias. There, while there is no cure for Alzheimer's, you know, prevention, you mentioned nutrition and keeping your blood pressure controlled. Those are some of the things to help prevent it. But when it does come, our goal is to help the veterans and their caregivers live as well as they can in their home, which is usually their site of preference. So our geriatric services, we offer home care programs personal care aides. The veteran can also choose our veteran-directed program where they can hire their own caregiver. We provide their primary care in the home and rehab services if needed. We provide virtual care and follow them to, to through end of life. And if they do need a nursing home, we can provide that. So, Dr. Catherine Kelso, the VA is doing something that is seems a little unusual, and it's certainly mm -hmm. it is a tonic to everybody's uh, sense of feeling comfortable. There is now assistance and support for family members and loved ones of veterans with Alzheimer's? Yes. So, the caregiver is really on equal par to the veteran, because without that caregiver, the veteran is not able to remain in their home. So, we offer a comprehensive caregiver support resources which is on our website at va.gov slash geriatrics. It goes from education, community resources, to counseling, respite care to give the caregiver a break. And we have a caregiver resource, a specific program for um, caregivers as well for some financial benefits. Carrie Harrison here. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. We're talking right now with Dr. Catherine Kelso, Deputy Executive Director of the VA Office of Geriatrics and Extended Care of the Veterans Health Administration. Dr. Kelso is with us to discuss how the VA is paving the way for research and treatment. And let's just jump into that, Dr. Kelso, uh, paving the way for research and treatment. That's cool because none of us are hearing there's a ton of that happening. We know it's happening at universities, but it's great mm -hmm. that the government is carrying the torch on this. 
Yes, at VA we have twenty. Uh, we have twenty centers for geriatric and aging related research. We work with our other federal partners in aging research and specifically in Alzheimer's and other related dementias. So it is a a central core of what we do as VA being one of the late largest training systems for all kinds of interdisciplinary team members in the country. Um, so dementia is part of what everybody learns about. VA is uniquely positioned to care for veterans with dementia because we understand the history and some of the experiences that they've had and our staff are uniquely trained. Quick question, Dr. Kelso, and I know we don't know everything. We wish we knew everything about, di- uh, about diabetes. Well, we know more about that for sure. Yes. Um, we know that lifestyle plays a big role, uh, smoking, obesity, probably drinking. Um, I understand now that hearing, hearing loss actually can contribute to dementia and Alzheimer's um, and other things like that. Does PTSD, does that seem to play a, a role in this factor? Well, PTSD can certainly make the symptoms associated with Alzheimer's more uh, exaggerated. If So if you have PTSD at baseline and you're bothered by environmental changes, loud noises, those things are going to travel with you through the lifespan. And once you have dementia and your ability to, de- to interact with your environment is challenged, those could make it harder. We have a lot of listeners who are in their teens and 20s that hear this not as a broadcast through what you and I would know as a radio antenna or a device in a windshield with all the people on bridges right now listening that way, but later as a podcast and they know about Alzheimer's and maybe their grandmother might be dealing with it, but they're not sure, well, is it reversible? Is it curable? Can you take a pill? How do we explain to them where we're at with all of this? Yes, I think the the goal is still prevention. Some of it is genetics and, you know, even genetics can be, you can modify the impact by healthy lifestyle, um, you know, good nutrition, exercise, uh, lessening substance use, things like that. So um, knowing your family history is important, um, you know, engaging your brain, using your brain, reading and things, puzzles and word games and things that, you know, that, that are more active than passive and can all just help us live better. And here we have historically uh, Dr. Catherine Kelso of uh, this Alwa, Dr. Alwa uh, Alzheimer back in 1905, 1906, studying a 50 something year old woman and noticing, you know, consistent mm-hmm. decline over a fairly long period of time. He found that there were there was a neurological disorder, I guess, at the uh, with the ability of the day to understand that we certainly know a whole lot more. How does somebody understand medically what Alzheimer's is? Alzheimer's in its pure sense, we believe the, the, there gets to be amyloid deposits in the brain, which disrupt the neurotransmitters. But then the other related dementias can come from hypertension, from diabetes, from vascular illness, where the vessels to, to the blood flow to the brain can be impacted. And that can impair cognition as well. So is it possible that if, let's say, somebody had a, mm-hmm. uh, a, a lugubrious and 
you know, sitting around on Shay's lounges, I'm just painting a voluptuous crazy picture mm-hmm. here, but, but became obese, didn't read books, didn't do anything, and just really became the perfect person to deal with this when it came. It might be genetic, as we point out, but they suddenly went on a big diet, started exercising, reading books, got a ton of mental stimulation, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Does the dementia and the, uh, Alzheimer's correct to a certain degree? Could it? Well, living, you know, healthy lifestyle is is beneficial for in, at any stage of disease. There can always be some improvement um, as far as reversing the actual disease process. Um, it's hard to say. So I guess the best thing we can all do is mm-hmm. just as you would say as a doctor, exercise (laughs) excuse me eat right you know tell the truth help people across the sidewalk and just try to like be the best upright mammal you can and you've got much better odds yes yes live well yeah live well i found that in my own situation my self-inflicted wound was my love affair with ice cream love Mm -hmm. affair with ice cream and really that was a gift from covid and i was pounding down ridiculous volumes and my triglycerides were so impressive in their triple digits not in the 100s you can multiply that by three or four self-inflicted wound and and so i reversed that and i've lost 35 pounds i have like perfect cholesterol suddenly and and i kept being told oh it's genetic i mean look at you you're a mess but I found that exactly as you're saying, I've, when I started participating in my own wellness to the degree that I can, mm-hmm. so we're not saying you do what you can't do, but you do what you can do. And if part of it is just behavioral, as it was with me, mm-hmm. at least I was able to lick that demon. So I'm so glad. And I think we're profoundly amazed and we're going to spread the word about what you at the VA are doing to help people with Alzheimer's and dementia. Where do they go to learn more? Yes, so they can go to va.gov slash geriatrics. And so there's a whole division devoted now to an increasingly aging population that is specialized in. So when you're like 65 plus, the other things you would get routinely as someone 65 plus are going to get looked at by specialists. Yes, yes, VA has always had a geriatric section, um, you know, it, it. Always. Most of the veterans that we serve are older in the VA. And so geriatric services are integrated throughout all the care settings. Well, this is wonderful. I do appreciate you coming on today. We've been talking with Dr. Catherine Kelso, Deputy Executive Director of the VA Office of Geriatrics and Extended Care of the Veterans Health Administration. Care for veterans with Alzheimer's or dementias is provided through the full range of VA healthcare services, in case you didn't know that. And depending on the veterans' needs, services may include home-based primary care, homemaker and home health aid, respite care, adult day care, outpatient clinic, inpatient hospital, Mm-hmm. nursing home, palliative care, or hospice care. Uh, really, you, you've left nothing out here. Mm-hmm. And caregiver support is also now an essential part of these services. For more information, you can do as Dr. Kelso said, go to va.gov slash geriatrics, mm-hmm. va.gov slash geriatrics. I do want to thank you so much for taking the time with us today and giving us an enormous education, mm-hmm. which I did not have before. I read uh-huh. everything. I didn't know this. So I want to thank you personally. Thank you for having me.
Thank you so much, Dr. Catherine Kelso. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes. Just a quick shout out to KPFK because what we do here is so abundantly important. One, you would not have known that. Two, you might not have really understood what Alzheimer's is. Why would you? Why would you really know what dementia is? Why would you really know that there's gravity if you live in certain states? where they're saying, oh, no, it's not true. But seriously, you need to find out what's real and what's being advanced on behalf of you. If you are over 65 and you're looking to get uh, Medicare, which is imminent at that age, you're going to get it automatically. Well, 80% of people in certain red states, that would be Florida and other states, have now lost their Medicaid. 80%. And it was procedural. In other words, the computer said no. They're still eligible. But a lot of these governors have found a way by simply having the computer just take you out of the system and then you have to re-enroll even though you're eligible. So you lose your benefits. We now live in a time where you and I have to be ever vigilant. Jesus, I sound like Thomas Jefferson, but we have to be ever vigilant because these little tricks that happen, if you were an African-American voter, you know about these little tricks. They used to be called Jim Crow. Now it's just a special kind of voter suppression when you show up at the polls and the uh, sheriff is standing there and tells you, no, it's next Tuesday, next Tuesday, come back next Tuesday. And you leave and come back next Tuesday and it is not voting day. And the cop can say, oh, I looked at the wrong calendar or my watch must have been off or I had a fever legal and guess what it's effective so you need to be vigilant of what you're owed what your taxes have paid for what your responsibility is in this game is no longer to entrust those whom you hire to deliver the goods and services that you expect but unfortunately you have to monitor it with eternal uh, vigilance and i apologize that that is the case but we here at kpfk we do that we are the gatekeepers. We are following who's doing what. We are following who's dropping the ball. And when we find out, we tell you because you won't see it in the L.A. Times. You won't see it in the New York Times. You won't see it on Channel 8 or 2 or 10 or 15 or 23 or 20 million. You won't see it, but you will hear it on the radio. And radio has done something so extraordinary since the beginning of time. The beginning of time of electronic journalism, that is, predates TV, as you know. We were always able to be live on the scene. Let me give you an example. Let's say there's a sudden series of houses in a neighborhood that catch fire. We're there. We can literally go live within 30 seconds of arriving, just like that. TV, well, you got to park the van. Now we got to put up the antennas, put up the Marty system. Are we doing it by satellite? I'm not sure. Microwave, okay, well, which way is that ended? Let's adjust the vector. So an hour has passed. That's why, and you'll see this now, you'll never forget what I'm going to tell you. When you see reporters, they're always standing outside of a building doing a report. (laughs) Then they throw to a piece of already edited video rarely are they live on the scene unless that scene has matured and it is an hour later radio we are there as it breaks and unfolds this is extraordinary and special and we here at kpfk for 50 years 60 years have been on the scene doing that for you 
So I'm going to ask you right now in the nicest way, pick up the phone, pick it up. Yes, pick it up and call 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK and make a donation right now. Become a sustaining member. You own the radio station. Why not? Why shouldn't you own it? You own the license? You own the license for all the AM talk radio stations too. You own the license of the network TV stations that are allowed to make billions of dollars. And how much do they give back to you? Nothing. Zero. Because they don't have to. But they're supposed to supply news and information, which they'd like to do on Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. So congratulations. Not here. We're doing it old school, the old way. We're bringing it to you in such volupt gulps and giant chunks of information that it really is hard to absorb at all. That's a quality problem. So you could throw 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Say, I want to be a sustaining member. When you make your donation, you will be an owner, a stakeholder in this radio station. It is a done deal. Absolutely. Plus, as you know, we're making this Rethinking Heroes pharmacy card free for you. You don't even have to donate. Everybody gets it. It'll save you like three, four grand off your meds, 90% off. Good at 65,000 pharmacies. No tracking, no credit cards, nothing. We're doing that for you. We're giving back to you, not only with information, but real services that you deserve and would not be able to engineer on your own or since we're in Hollywood, produce on your own. That's why we're here to help. We're here to help with information, companionship. We are with you. We're in your car. We're in your ear. We're in your bed. All of it. We're there ubiquitously 24 hours a day. So throw 50 bucks at the station, throw 100 bucks at the station. It is a gift that keeps on giving. It is an education that will continue to spread itself throughout the world in the one place where it still exists. Our podcasts get rendered, put out there. There are kids in different countries, in different parts of the world that have no access to anything real that listen to us to find out what's happening in their own mother Russia, where they can't get to Facebook, they can't use WhatsApp, they can't get to many apps, same thing in China, they get a hold of this podcast because we're not tagged in any particular way that gets blocked and banned, and they get to learn about what's going on, not only here, but what's going on over there, or at least the way we're observing it. So pick up the phone, call 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Put in 100, put in 150, put in 50. And trust me, on this show, we're going to have some books to give away as a reward, some really powerful books that lay out everything you ever wanted to know. Something that would cost you if you went to school today, university today, you'd pay around 80 grand for that amount of information that you're going to get in a book for a one-time donation. And a book, by the way, you are welcome to hand off to someone else and say, please read with my pleasure, my permission, and my passion. That is so awesome. Talk about ROI. So pick up the phone, call 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. Make the donation that you can and just know you are doing the right thing. Carrie Harris with you. 60 seconds, we'll be back. We're going to play a quick station promo. And then we're going to bring on one of the coolest guys I know. Many of us might remember the name Walter Cronkite. 
He was like the Mac Daddy, granddaddy of all things cool when it came to journalism. He was the guy that said, no, you can't play commercials during my newscast. At least that was the, uh, he pushed in the beginning and said, no way. How will people know if I'm talking about the war, people dying, Kissinger, you know, what's going on? Agent Orange, how are they going to know when suddenly we're doing a car commercial? And now it's not real. And now back to real. I'm not, as Walter Cronkite, going to sit there and tell people, this is real, this is not real, but I'm participating in the not real and the real, so you're supposed to know. No. Uh Uh-uh. And there are guys like that still alive today that have marshaled and brought together some of the most profound voices, thinkers, academics, scholars, movers and shakers, and cool people who know what's going on in the world and are willing to share it with you. And he's kind of the mothership of that. So he is our rethinking hero of the day. And we're going to get to him in just one minute. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com. Carrie Harrison here with an exciting radio gift benefit just for you. Rethinking Heroes has found one more way to help not only vets, but people like you. This is radio giving back for all the time you've spent with us. Rethinking Heroes has found an angel partner who's created a downloadable, fee-free discount pharmacy card to give you up to 90% off many of your meds. It's pegged to government-listed prices, so my $250 Lipitor is only $13. Unlike GoodRx, This bypasses the middleman. It's our Rethinking Heroes Capital Rx thank you card with no fees ever, no credit cards, no expiration dates, no cookies, no tracking. Perfect for the modern listener like you dealing with a busted medical system. So accept this thank you gift and download your fee-free cards now at RethinkingHeroes.com. RethinkingHeroes.com. That's RethinkingHeroes.com. By the way, if this isn't a good reason to love this radio station, show me a better one. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com. All right, Carrie Harrison with you. And yes to Gary Baca in the control room at KPFK. Yes to your text. Yes. I love that we I love that we can this technology is so amazing the way it is. So and Gary Baca, if you haven't heard that name before 100 times, you've now heard it 101 times. Uh, Another superstar superhero. And we're so lucky to have quality people like him. Well, have you ever heard of cluster bombs? That's not something comes up in conversation every day, is it? What's for dinner? Cluster bombs? No, I don't think so. Last year, the media extensively. Oh, Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. There, did my part. Time cue, 35 minutes past the hour. Sorry, it's my radio training. I I get like pain in my leg if I don't uh, do that part. I'm just so excited about this content. Last year, the media extensively covered the Russian use of cluster bombs in Ukraine, condemning them as immoral and illegal. You could chalk it up to competence because that same media generally accepted our use of the same cluster bombs across various wars. But after sufficient financial lobbying, several Congress members are now proposing to send cluster bombs to Ukraine. And the same media sits completely silent. But let's break down what these cluster bombs are so you get the issue. We're going to use the now silent New York Times description. 
They said before, quote, internationally banned cluster munitions are a variety of weapons, rockets, bombs, missiles, and artillery projectiles that disperse lethal bomblets in midair over a wide area, hitting military targets and civilians alike. And the Times noted that cluster bombs, quote, kill so indiscriminately that they are banned under international law. Well, if they're banned under international law, then why would you send a bunch of them out internationally, as Congress wants to do? Now, I'm not asking you to think, because if we all started thinking, there might be a big problem with smoothness in the tennis game happening up at the top. Yet, by provoking thought, you and I can help people to understand the complex issues involved. Let's look at Democratic Congressman Adam Smith from Washington, who's the ranking member of the House Armed Services Committee, who says he's open to America shipping cluster munitions to Ukraine. Let me just say it's not bad enough with the collapsed Soviet-era dam having flooded a region of Ukraine, but landmines are also being dislodged by the floodwaters and are now floating loose. The Red Cross's weapons contamination unit said they'd lost track of where the landmines even are at this point. And then there's one of the world's largest nuclear power plants that relied relied past tense on that dam for coolant to avoid a meltdown. Now the congressional idea is to ship crates of cluster bombs to add to the floating landmines, a compromised and thirsty nuclear power plant, and a flooded out and helpless population. No amount of sarcasm or snide commentary can possibly capture the idiocy of this all. And that's why we're lucky to have this next rethinking hero who has spent decades unearthing the truth with an uphill bulldozer of facts and intellect against an avalanche of downhill poltroonery and knuckle-walking mountebankery. So what makes a hero in today's Orwellian orgasm of media madness? Where Tolstoy is a rube compared to supreme influencers like Kim Chloe or Caitlin Kardashian? Where Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis are the heralded saints of this brave new world? Okay, I'm getting carried away. But I, I care and I'm passionate. And at least you can see how much fun I'm having. So let's now introduce acclaimed veteran political analyst Norman Solomon of the Institute for Public Accuracy. He's their executive director. He's also author of War Made Easy and the newly released War Made Invisible. And this is what a hero looks like. Mr. Solomon and the IPA have increased dramatically the reach and capacity of grassroots organizations at no cost to them. Let me just say that part again. Increased dramatically the reach and capacity of grassroots organizations at no cost to them. Increased their ability to address public policy by getting them and their ideas onto mainstream media, which is why they're here, why he's here today on Rethinking Heroes. So the IPA gains media access for those whose voices are commonly excluded or drowned out by government or corporate-backed institutions. Everyone loves that. And for journalists, Mr. Solomon's detailed set of constantly updated databases of policy analysts, of scholars, other independent researchers, these are truly indispensable. Via Zoom from San Francisco, Norman Solomon, I want to welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. Hey, thanks for the invitation. I hope that was a lofty enough encomium for you, but you have earned it, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, well, it sounds uh, both lofty and when we look at the problems in Ukraine and elsewhere, certainly appropriate. 
So, Norman Solomon, we know that cluster bombs shred anything in their way. Worse, disproportionately kill children who are attracted to and tend to pick up these curious-looking yet unexploded little bomblets. What are the potential consequences of the use of cluster munitions on civilians, especially children, if Congress decides to ship some over? Well, the consequences are predictable. Shredding the bodies of human beings of all ages And we know from past wars exactly what that means. It means that people, both at the time and later on, months or years later, will experience what experts justifiably call one of the most inhumane weapons in the history of warfare. I think really what this goes to is the need for a single standard of human rights and a single standard of international law. And what's crazy making and really Orwellian is when a weapon we are told by U.S. corporate media is terrible and awful, and then a few months go by or a few years go by, and when the United States uses them or members of Congress, as you allude to, are now seriously talking about supplying them to Ukrainian armed forces, we have this deafening and really potentially deadly silence. You know, if you go back and look at what happened, uh, the United States used these cluster munitions as the leading NATO force in bombing Yugoslavia in 1999. Some use of them with the invasion of Afghanistan in 2001 and huge use of these cluster munitions during the first several weeks of the U.S. invasion of Iraq in 2003, in which case, according to the Congressional Research Service, about 2 million, 2 million cluster bomblets were distributed, deployed, and utilized by the U.S. military in Iraq. There are people who are still picking up those or stumbling across those cluster munitions and suffering the consequences. So this just goes to the question of what kind of country do we have? What kind of country do we want to have? And if, as you point out, the U.S. media were justifiably condemning the Russian military for using these weapons, why in hell are Democrats and Republicans in Congress now talking about providing them to Ukrainian allied armed forces? Well, let me be a bit of a devil's advocate. I'm going to pretend that Congress are a bunch of stand-up guys, every one of them, and, and the women like Marjorie Taylor Greene are all states people. What are the arguments for and against, or let's just say for cluster mm-hmm. munitions? We, we abundantly know how horrific and hideous they are, but clearly they have an argument for them. What could that be? Well, militarily, they can be, if you set aside any notion of morality, they're very powerful. Uh, If they are dropped on or fired at enemy troops, they're devastating. They kill a lot of people. They can also shatter a lot of the infrastructure, uh, tanks and so forth, certainly damaging to them. And it makes hell on earth for sectors that are being targeted As you just alluded to, however, the New York Times has pointed out that they also go at civilians. They explode in the air and they move in all kinds of directions. And the records of that are clear in terms of the rationales for this specific scenario. 
it is that, and this I think is a very pernicious but real argument, Congressman Adam Smith, as you pointed out, former chair, now ranking member of the House Armed Services Committee, in a speech to the Council on Foreign Relations last month, said, we're running out of weapons. The United States has been shipping so many bombs and missiles and other projectiles and weaponry to Ukraine that we have a crisis. We're running out of weaponry to send to allies in Ukraine. But we have an overabundance of cluster bombs. They're on the shelf in the United States. So there's a real rationale. We got to unload those. We need them. They're there in abundance. Maybe we should go ahead and ship them. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. Talking right now to acclaimed veteran political analyst Norman Solomon from the Institute for Public Accuracy. He's their executive director, also author of War Made Easy and the newly released War Made Invisible, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. Uh, Mr. Solomon and his organizations, including RootsAction.org, have helped so many different voices get into the mainstream public uh media which is where you and i like to sit or you and i are forced to sit let's just say and absent these important voices all we're going to know about is who bought the latest sunglasses and frankly it's just not enough for me or you that's why you're listening today we're talking to him uh, via zoom in san francisco and norman solomon why is there a bipartisan consensus now in the united states to disregard the cluster munitions ban treaty there's a treaty There's a treaty that says no cluster munitions, but they're looking to disregard their treaty. That's what's happening. 123 countries have signed on to the cluster munitions ban treaty. The United States is not among them. Neither is Ukraine or Russia. And we face a bipartisan what the, and I wouldn't say it was a leftist, Dwight Eisenhower called the military industrial complex. And it was real then. It's much more real at this moment as we speak. And it is bipartisan. And I think we should underscore this. There is a tremendous difference between Democrats and Republicans on Capitol Hill when we speak about domestic issues. When we go beyond the water's edge in foreign policy and Pentagon activities and the military budget, that difference shrinks to almost invisible. That helps to explain why four top members of the House of Representatives, Republicans, sent a letter in March to President Biden urging him to send these horrible cluster munitions to Ukraine. And it explains why Congressman Smith, perhaps the most influential Democrat in the House of Representatives, is now saying he is, as you pointed out, quote, open to, unquote, shipping these horrible weapons to Ukraine. It explains why we're up against a bipartisan warfare state. And I should mention that at rootsaction.org, we have deployed, so to speak, a call nationwide for people to message their individual congressperson. It will take you about 90 seconds to go to rootsaction.org at the top of the homepage, you just click and automatically you send a message. You can change it. You can use the default message, whatever you want, to your particular member of the House of Representatives and your two senators. This is about information 
And it's also about action. It surprises me, Norman Solomon, as it does you, as do others. Uh, For many, they're just hearing for the first time about cluster bombs. They might have heard about it, but they really don't know what they do just to sort of reset. These are, I'm not going to call it a hand grenade, but it's it's more like landmine, but smaller, maybe. And can you describe one? Help help us see it. Uh, You can think of it as a, a fragment bomb. Uh, Just imagine uh, the U.S. using two million of them, these little bomblets, which sounds very quaint and is horrific. I'm going to make an analogy, different but similar in some way. We all remember depleted uranium. Uh, We talked about that ad nauseum when I was on uh, Air America during the original uh, second Gulf War anyway, uh, used widely where they basically take... uh, you know, the stuff from the nuclear power plants, in a sense, and it's a, a dense, heavy metal. You coat bombs with it. It cuts through metal like butter. And then when it explodes, it aerosolizes into millions of tiny little metal flakes that float through the air. They get lodged in the alveoli of your lungs. They sit in there maybe permanently and just keep irradiating your body. So a cluster bomb is similar in that. It's a tiny little device that for a child looks cool, shiny, sitting in the sand. Gee, I wonder what that is. Pick it up. Boom. And it acts like a hand grenade. And the amount of children that get wiped out by these for a country that says the only thing that matters to it, us, are our children. The only thing that matters, knowing that this is happening. I mean, this is kind of cognitive dissonance, I would, in my view. It is very much cognitive dissonance. And actually... As I've worked on these issues for many years, it brought me to writing the book you mentioned that's just now coming out, uh, War Made Invisible, How America Hides the Human Toll of Its Military Machine. And I call it War Made Invisible because it is kept invisible from us as human beings, as Americans. We are paying for these weapons. We are paying for the military aid and the warfare. And yet it is abstract to us. We have no idea what it's like to be in these wars, often that the United States is engaged in and is secretly continuing to engage in, in 80 countries. The so-called war on terror is so far from over. You know, President Biden gave a speech to the UN 18 months ago. He said, the United States is no longer at war. I can uh, sell you the dock at Long Beach. I can sell you the Golden Gate Bridge because this is just pure fantasy. But we have an appetite for that. Uh, We're encouraged to believe that the United States doesn't want to go to war, reluctantly goes to war. It's a very profitable enterprise. And we have the opportunity to wake up and be the informed consent of the governed rather than what we have right now, which is the uninformed pseudo consent. I like that. And I'd like to get a few of your books where we can make them available to some of our listeners. It will be the greatest little manual you'll ever want that explains how and why and what it means and what you can do about it. Uh, You can also go online to rootsaction.org. But this book is very important and it's a new one, War Made Invisible. So we'll have more information about that next week. And Norman Solomon, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And I do hope you'll come back again and again and help us untangle the impossible miasma of madness in which we all know that we are now living. I appreciate you.
Thanks very much. We've been talking with the Institute for Public Accuracy's Executive Director, Norman Solomon. Mr. Solomon and the IPA and RootsAction.org have increased dramatically the reach and capacity of grassroots organizations at no cost to them. The ability to address public policy by getting them and their ideas onto the mainstream media, like here. He's author of many books, including his latest, War Made Invisible, in which he discusses cluster bombs in greater detail. The Congressional Research Service has issued a report documenting that the U.S. and British forces, as Norman Solomon said earlier, used almost 13,000 cluster munitions containing an estimated 1.8 million to 2 million sub-munitions during the first three weeks of combat in Iraq in 2003. And uh, we'll never know how many kids got damaged and uh, so much more to discuss. So. There it is right there. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, rethinkingheroes.com. Let's take a moment and talk a little bit about our favorite KPFK. KPFK has been here for longer than uh, I would say 50% of the audience listening has been even alive. And how is that survivability? Well, it's because it's done something so important that it has been sustainable. Times are hard. We're not out there taking money from oil companies, uh, anybody like that. It's it's you, Timmy and Jennifer and Horace and Phil. Yeah, it's great. You are the stakeholders in this radio station. And without you, we could not do what we do. But as you can see, volunteer, me, many of us are volunteers and, you know, we're in the business of journalism, we're in the business of broadcast, but we do this because it needs to be done. If we don't come in and do these shows, these shoes, these shoes, Ed, Ed Sullivan, if you know who that is, was, these shows simply would not happen. There is not some giant, giant pot of money like NPR, where you can fly around first class, stay at Hilton's, rent cars, fly around and record the sound of trickling water, you know? <laughs> We don't do, I will play a trickling water when I have it, but that's not what we're here for. We are here to volunteer, to make, to get critical information out, like Paul Revere, like Thomas Paine. Get that information out when it is in a vacuum, such as we live. That's why we're here. So that's why we ask your support to keep these antennas cooking, to keep the building running, the electricity on, all of us volunteers running around, bringing our craft that's been developed over 30, 40 years. Many of us bring in everything we know and supply 100% of it for free, for you, at no obligation. We know that many of you will want to be stakeholders. Many of you will want to help keep this happen, knowing that you are supporting financially underwriting the only school many people will ever have. This kind of information is not in the newspapers where it does belong. It is not on the nightly news where it does belong. It's certainly not on the Sunday morning chat shows where it certainly does belong. It's not on CNN. It's not anywhere. It is only here. It is now on radio and radio then turns into podcasts. Podcasts turn into school all over the world. Unlimited amounts, 7 billion people out there able to get podcasts. And we're not tagged and marked in any way where we get blocked. So you are giving education, enlightenment, and awareness such as we've never seen actually throughout human history. When radio started, as we all know, it was just regional. And you would take your car and drive out of the signal. Well, that's that. 
No such thing as podcasts back then. No, 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 no. There is no driving out of the signal. We're streaming, which means we're in countries that are our stated enemies. We stream into their countries. Our podcasts are available. This information gets to them. This information that you've made possible. So pick up the phone right now. Make a $50 pledge. Make a $100 pledge to KPFK. $150 pledge. And uh, I'm going to see what I can do about getting you some of Norman's books. If you do a $150 pledge, don't ask for the book today because they don't know about it, but I know about it. I will find out who makes a $150 pledge, and I will make sure you get Norman's newest books, book, um, War Made Invisible. Brand new. It is the ultimate book. If you make a $150 pledge, they don't know about it again at KPFK. I know about his book, but I'll find out who made that $150. We will get you that book, okay? So make sure you give your address and all that other good stuff, at least your phone number so we can get back to you. 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. That's the number to call right now. Pick up the phone, grab it, snatch it up. Use your cell phone, your iPhone, your Droid, your pad, whatever you want to use. Any free app, any paid app, it doesn't really matter. You need to support the only school system that still does not ban its books. We are the only school system that still does not ban its books. Huck Finn is freely discussed here. Orwell, freely discussed here. Drag queens, freely discussed here. You will never have to worry about that on KPFK, and we will always have your back and always stand up for you. So please pick up the phone right now. Call 818-985-KPFK. Make a donation, 50 100, 150. If you make 150, I'll know about it. And we'll make sure you get Norman Solomon's new book. The station, again, doesn't yet know that we're going to be doing that. But I'm going to find out who made the 150. Make sure you get his latest book called War Made Invisible. Support the station. Support education. Support this, this Titanic that is listing, scraping the iceberg four times a day. Not the station, but the world. <laughs> Our ship is still floating because of you, because you make it float and you want it to float. And we come in here because we want to talk to you. That's how passionate we are bringing our volunteer craft in, just as you mentor people in your own world. Same kind of idea. 818 985 KPFK, 818 985 5735. You can also make a secure donation at kpfk.org. Carrie Harris with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, and I totally look forward to seeing you next week. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers and the Annuity Rate Report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 
That's 800-726-2194.